spreading Cajun across the nation, pushing the brand across the land. Welcome to Ragin' Review, made by the fans for the fans. Cajun Nation, it is good to be back with you. Matt Miguez here. Welcome to Raging Review. We have a list of things to discuss. A lot of good, a lot of bad, a lot of in between. Um, we're going to break down the defense tonight with special guest Jacques Boudreaux and so much more. Joining me, as he always does, is the partner in crime slash co-host Josh Jacques, no man about town. Matt, what's going on, me? It's a great day in Lafayette, Louisiana, Matt. Isn't it always a great day in Lafayette, Louisiana? Absolutely paradise, baby. All right. Well, you know, obviously we're all safe, good, and well after the monster that was Hurricane Laura. Um, Southwest Louisiana, on the other hand, not so much. Yeah. Um, You know, our our thoughts and prayers to the people of Lake Charles and Cameron Parish and, you know, McNeese State. Uh, You know, football stadiums currently flooded. There is no more baseball stadium. Right, it's gone. Uh, their state-of-the-art new basketball facility has some severe damage. Um, <laughs> so y- just absolute devastation in Lake Charles and its surrounding areas. So uh, like I said, thoughts and prayers out to them. Leads me into one of our first topics is the Cajun Care Hurricane release, Relief Drive that the university is putting on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of this week. That is September 1st, 2nd, and the 3rd. Supplies will be collected at Cajun Field from three to six. Okay. I believe was was the time. Um, bottled water, sports drinks, you know, non-perishable foods. You know, the the regular. And basically, you, know, you just show up and drop off what you, you show have. up, drop okay. drop it off, and then at the end of the week, they're going to load the football equipment trailer and drive it to Lake Charles. Similar to what we did for Coastal and South Al, right? Absolutely. Okay, so yeah, just pull Absolutely. up whatever you can. Drop off what you uh, what you're able to drop off and help out some folks. A lot of us have family in that area. I, I certainly do. So yeah, I do. Well. Important to us. My uh, my aunt lives a block from McNeese's football stadium. So Oof. I I definitely have experienced over the last couple of days the uh, the terror that that Lake Charles has gone through. Um, well, you know the weird thing is that typically. You get a storm like this, and there's pictures and videos. You can't escape it. It's, not, it's strange how you almost have to go and look for it with this storm. It's yeah. Just, uh, it's just yeah, weird. Yeah, it, it, like, like you said, usually it's it's plastered all over social media, and now you kind of have to go search, you know, Hurricane Laura or Lake Charles storm damage or, right. you know, whatever it may be. It's definitely not as prevalent as uh, as most storms have been, and that's kind of a shame. But uh, Agreed. You and know, I, moving moving to some, to some brighter topics— um, you know, scheduling updates have been cha- have been made within the university. Uh, the game against Iowa State next week is now at 11 a.m. and it will be on ESPN, not the U, the not, mothership, not two, not ESPN Plus, right? The mothership. That's huge for us. Uh, absolutely, it's huge for us. Unfortunately, we're not going to be able to make the trip with the news that came down this morning. But hey, that, in my opinion, I posted it on our social media channel. In, in my opinion, that's a win for us. I agree that from a competitive standpoint, it win. is. I think so, and I think the line will reflect that also. But, uh, you know, 
I was wanting to make the trip. I'm sure there's a lot oh, of us that wanted to go up there absolutely. and have a good time. But uh, Ames, Ames would have been a fun trip. Yeah. Um, yeah. First time but, ever. You know? But you know, I, I'd rather I'd rather sit on my couch and win it. Let's bring the W home. Then that's right. the most important thing. Right. Um, also, the game against Arkansas State, originally scheduled for Thursday, November the fifth, is now going to be a Saturday night game. That's great. Uh, six, from what I've understood, it's a six o'clock kickoff, like we normally do home games at Canyon Field. And they are still ironing out TV details. Okay. The reason it was moved to Saturday was TV purposes. The thought um, is it's going to be on the deuce, though, right? That's the leading idea. Right, right. Um, but, you know, there's, there, there's been some talks that maybe, you know, you know, FS1's kind of been picking up smaller games. Well, so. Belt has they did get that wrong with uh, somebody. <laughs> they posted we were going to play on FS1 and we ended up playing on the mothership. But right. Jay had a funny tweet about that. Um, so, you know, you, you never know that, like I said, they're still ironing out those, those details and, uh, App State as That's well. That's one of the games I'm looking forward to though. Arkansas State back in our place. Oh, always. Always, always fun. a fun one. Yeah. Um, App State as well. App State has been moved. It's still going to be Wednesday, October 7th. Kickoff's going to be at 630. It has been moved from the deuce to the mothership. That's great. Um, so we have. That is a primetime game. We have two games on the mothership. We have two games on the Deuce, and we have one on CBS Sports Network. Right, and we'll we'll get another game. Not to mention, if we take care of our business and we end up in the Sun Belt Championship, right, that'll be on the mothership. You know, this is going to be a sort a historic year for Absolutely. our team. Absolutely, uh, just from exposure, man. You know, yeah, for sure. And sometimes the circumstance the circumstances help you out. Uh, so I'm certainly not going to give them back. But this is the world we live in right now, and and this is this is going to be great for our program. We just got to go out and play. Yeah, no doubt about it. Also, you know, we want to take a moment to thank all of our sponsors, Russo Exploration, Priority Access, Urgent Care, Schilling Distributing, and Gulf Coast Bank, and Award Master as well. Um, also, we want to mention two brand new, brand new sponsors new. coming to the table, uh, PSC Supply and Hardware in Broussard, and Escape Reality Travel Agency. Both businesses have been phenomenal. They're both huge Cajun supporters. And, you know, we're really excited that we were, we were able to strike a partnership with both. Um, they love the pod and we love them back. Yeah, can't wait abs- to, uh, absolutely. Can't wait to get their story out and, and talk about their businesses. Uh, it's going to be a great and, partnership. And you, know, and, you know, I mentioned Gulf Coast Bank. You know, I, I just want to throw this out there. Rage and Review has decided to do their banking with Gulf Coast Bank. So we trust them to take care of everything financially that we need done. No doubt. You should, too. No doubt. Um, They've been big Cajun supporters for a very, very long time, so Um, we appreciate them. Yeah, absolutely. Let's see. Levi Lewis on another watch list. Is there any watch list that he's not on? That he isn't on? on? I mean, the guy's everywhere. And then they had the Peyton Manning card. Did you see the Peyton Manning card via social media that came out today? No. It was really cool. You got to go look it up, man. They have a really good picture of Levi, and it just looks big time. It was cool, you know. Did him, um, did him good justice. Yeah, if there's a if there's a um, if there's a quarterback on a watch list, yeah, it Levi's there. Oh, it's great! It's great. He's, he's Again, great exposure for us. He deserves it. You know, it builds and builds and builds. It helps helps get everybody excited. You know, it's fun. It's fun, and it's it's, it's exciting time to be a Cajuns fan. Let's see. We also have a bunch of all Sun Belt, all conference players. A bunch to. Uh, to discuss, what was it? Three on the first team? Oh man, honestly, it's not sitting in front of me, but it's got to be at least three. I think it's Mitchell, 
It's uh, like I'm gonna do this on the spot. Let's see what we got. We yeah. have an offensive I'm, I'm line. I'm gonna pull it up. So see see what you can get out of it. Here we go. Yeah. Ill First prepared. team. Womp womp. First team: Elijah Mitchell. For sure. Joe Dillon. Yes, sir. And Reese Burns. Okay, Reese Burns. How did I know that? I, I knew that. Sorry, Reese. Second team. Friend of the pod. Zion Hill. Trey Regis. Osiris Torrance. Levi Lewis. Max Mitchell. Oof. And then Eric Guerrer appears second team defense and second team special teams. Oh, that's great. That's great. So How is Chauncey Manack not an all-sun belt team member? That's a snub. What are we doing here? That's a snub. Oh, man. And that's, that's just fuel to the fire, baby. That's, <laughs> that's fuel to the fire. Also, if you haven't played it yet, for the video game lovers at home, <laughs> Madden 21, Raymond Calais is a dog. <laughs> okay? He only has a 62 overall, which is kind of low. But He's his, a rook. He's a rook. His speed is 92. Yeah. You know who else they gave a speed rating of 92? Two? Lamar Jackson. No. Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Somebody's they need to be called in the office. Lamar Jackson's explosive. Look, raise a man, but I don't know. Let me let me double check that. Know. But I th- oh I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Lamar Jackson had a ninety six okay. speed rating. Now we're, but we're dealing still, with reality. Still pretty damn close. Yeah, no, that's great. That's great. That's cool. We saw the little uh you know what our marketing team does such a great job. Uh just showing the fans about, you know, the, the things on the periphery that you wouldn't necessarily know about or think right. about. And uh, their their little promotion that they put out for Ray and then showed the Madden the rating look, was yeah. cool. Yeah, you know, something different. Yeah, I, I, You know, I had to, one of the first moves I made on the game was I had to trade him to the Saints. Of course you did. Um, I don't even remember who I sent to Tampa Bay. I got to get Big I, Dot over here. I, I got, and I got I Kevin Dotson Rob. and Rob over yes. too. Yes. And I, I stacked them both up. That's true. Uh, I, th- I think <laughs> Rob was a 91 overall. Yeah. Uh, is he, he really? He, he, no, I made him a 91 overall. Oh, yeah, he stacked him. I got he's, a, he, he, he's my starting right guard for the Saints. You know, no, no biggie. <laughs> uh, I think I've traded Cesar Ruiz away to, to, to get Rob because. Wasted I, a first rounder. Right, right. Loomis. Oh, Mickey. Anyways, um. Camp, obviously, you know, in full swing right now with the season being 10 days away. Uh, you know, clearly there are always surprises in training camp. But uh, what have we what have we heard? What are uh, what are some of the big surprises in camp outside of how well Kyron Lacey's been performing? Well, Kyron Lacey is going to be a revelation. We need him to be because it looks like we're going to start having cluster injuries on uh, the wide receiver side. Yeah. The wide receiving core is getting smoked, man. Brian Smith went down. That uh, we, we just found that out, uh, you know, 20 minutes ago. So we got Brian Smith Jr. down now to go along with Jamal Bell to go along with Khalid Gossett. I mean, uh, I don't know how concerning it is. Of course, you don't want to lose your top three wide receivers, especially you know guys that can produce on the field uh, and they have a proven track record. But I mean, God, I know we have some depth there, but that's concerning to me. You know, I. I'm not worried. I don't think it's going to be the end of the world, but, you know, you, you trust Levi and you know he can go out and make plays. At the same time, we've got to have some safe, some safety blankets and some 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 experience out there to help him. Uh, did you did you say what Brian Smith's injury is? Uh, something he's out for the season with a broken hip, I think is what it was. Broken hip. Yeah. And I want to say it was sustained at the scrimmage. How and then Brandon Bishop on the defensive side as well. He's gone for the year 
with a uh, tibia broken injury. tibia. Yeah. Which oh. Jesus Christ, we, we can't we can't get away from the injury bug. But you know what almost might be worse is what's happening up north. Monroe's defensive coordinator yeah. does resigns out of the blue today. Yeah. Ten days before the season starts. Why? For what? Why is that's a great question. And, the thing, and, we, and we, we just, while, while you talk about it, I'm going to pull up his quote. Go ahead. Because I thought it was rather interesting. He, you know, I've never heard a thing about Collins' you know, improprieties or anything. You always think, well, 10 days before the season, obviously something inappropriate yeah, went right. on. Well, as I was learning about the guy, he gave his kidney to his sister earlier this year. He is a bit of an older guy. I want to say he's in his early 60s, late 50s, something like that. He's been around a while. And, uh, here's here's his quote. I don't know. There comes a time for everyone when you figure things out and realize it's time to step away. And that time has come for me. Every day I ask our players to give me their very best, and now I know that I can't do it for them. What I have to give them right now isn't good enough. The timing isn't ideal, I understand. But I want to provide Coach Vietar, our coaches and players, the best chance to move forward. It has been an unbelievably emotional and physically draining year for me. I pride myself in coaching with great passion, and I just can't provide that for our players right now. I'm at peace with my decision, and I feel great inside and out. I appreciate the opportunity Coach Vietor gave me to return to my alma mater and coach this great game. I love these players and this coaching staff, and they'll have no bigger fan than me this coming season. Well, if you loved them, I mean, we, we're 10 days away from the season, dude. Right. I look, I don't want to question the guy's motives. Maybe he's genuine, but, I mean, it, if I'm a player, I'm like, WTF, bro. Right. <laughs> Ten days. All right, Cajun Nation, we'll take a break. When we come back, Jacques Boudreau joins us to discuss the 2020 defense as well as some other pressing issues. We'll take a break. Cajun Rage and Review comes back right after this. Chris Russo of Russo Exploration encourages you to donate to the Raging Cajun Athletic Foundation. The RCAF, the private fundraising arm of Louisiana Athletics, supports over 400 student-athletes across 16 NCAA sports. You can invest in the RCAF today for as little as $5 a month. Just go to myrcaf.org to get started or call 337-851-RCAF. That's 337 337- 851-7223. As always, donations to the RCAF are tax deductible. Your investment today will enrich the lives of every athlete that puts on the vermilion and white. Go Cajuns! Priority Access Urgent Care, located in the Wynwood Shopping Center at 2912 Johnston Street in Lafayette, will provide you with a patient-centered experience with a personal touch. With over 35 years of healthcare experience, President Owner Ed Haney will provide you with exceptional and affordable care for minor injuries, illnesses, and occupational health, offering vaccines and physicals, on-site x-rays, EKG, and lab services, as well as testing for flu, strep, and COVID-19. Now accepting all major medical insurance, including Medicaid, Medicare, and VA insurance. Open seven days a week from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Priority Access Urgent Care, 2912 Johnston Street, where patients are our priority. Call 337-446-0555 for more information or online at PriorityAccessUrgentCare.com. 
Cajun Nation, Matt Miguez, welcome back to Raging Reviews. Josh Jagno, Man About Town, joins me as well. Matt, what's up, dude? Hey, Papa Top! I'm having fun. That that Pop Top, as always, brought to you by Shilling Distributing here in Lafayette. And Josh, we are joined by, let's call him a Cajun's legend. Oh, he's one of my all-time favorites. Uh, middle linebacker from last season and defensive captain, number 59, Jacques Boudreau. Jacques, welcome into the show, man. How are you? I'm doing good, man. How about yourself? Oh, good, ab- brother. Good. Yeah, ab- fantastic. We appreciate you joining us. Um, you know, obviously, with you just being removed from the locker room this past year, you right. you have probably the most inside view that that we could probably get so close to the season. So you know, right off the bat, man, what what do you think about the linebacking core for this year? And uh, do you do you expect big things from from the linebacking group? Regardless, you know, regardless of what a lot of people are saying about the guys, I really do think they have a lot of experience going back. Yeah. Veteran, uh, Lorenzo McCaskill, who, who came into his own last year, even, you know, the amount of snaps that he did get, you know, obviously he wanted to play more. But, uh, you know, he played well in the snaps that he was given and the role that he was given on the team. And Jordan Quibro, I feel like, is going to come into his own, you know, just by – the more practice, the more repetitions that he gets. And, I mean, I think those are – and then they just moved Moncrief back uh, from what I've heard, that they moved him back to inside. And, you know, Chris has uh, prior experience from playing inside from his freshman year. So, I think all – you know, those four guys right there, I think you'll see probably a good rotation around. Yeah, they're based – off, Based off their experience, I think, you know – the more reps they get, the more comfortable they'll be on the game field with each other. Yeah, you know, there's no question. You mentioned the big names, Lorenzo McCaskill, Jordan Quibodeau, and and Chris Moncrief. You know, Jacques, one of the big questions that I kind of wanted to to get with you is, in in your opinion, in that linebacking group, who is most suited to step into your role as middle linebacker as well as defensive captain? Um, so my, my whole trip is these guys through even when we play when I played with them, nobody was like each other. Everybody was different. Everybody had a certain skill base that was different than the other guy. I don't necessarily think anybody has to fill in my shoes, but more just become themselves and make themselves their own household name, I guess you could say, or make themselves somebody that they want they want to be the person that they want to be and the skill level that they want to, you know, by the way those guys work and the day in and day out things that they do, they'll determine for themselves exactly what they want to be. You know, it has nothing to do with, it has nothing to do with me or, you know, anything that I have done in my career over there. It's just, it's all going to be about those guys. And obviously, Farad's a senior right now. Obviously, senior leadership is, is, very, is, a, big, is a big role that you have to take upon. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if Farad was somebody is definitely a, a defensive leader. But the linebacking core in general, that linebacker position is for, for the team's leaders. That's what people say is the quarterback of the defense, you know, what people say. So, I mean, seeing those linebackers, those guys have to be leaders all across the board and be vocal. And I think those guys, I think those guys and those group of people that they have will – will mature into that 
to that role and become vocal and be great leaders. You mentioned exactly where I was going with my next question. It's easy for us as a fan to sit in the stands and watch you guys. I, I tend to watch the linebackers because I like to see the movement of the ball, uh, you know, the reaction to right. the ball. It's easy to, to watch that and, you know, it's see ball, get ball, but we know that there's so much more communication that goes on, and I know you specifically had a lot of those responsibilities. Can you talk about those responsibilities a little bit more in depth and kind of explain to the lay fan who doesn't really think about those things when, when they're watching defense? So for linebackers, I mean, there's anything from the initial call that you get to relay to the, to the rest of your team to any type of pre-snap indicators. Basically, you know, what the quarterback's doing or maybe something that the offensive line is, has, has hinted you towards that this type of play's coming. And also they, you know, a lot of our stuff sometimes is formation-based where if they're in a certain formation, maybe we'll do something different. That's defenses across the board. I mean, you have to be able to visualize those type of things and make quick checks and communications with the whole defense as a whole so everybody operates on the same level. And regardless, even if you're wrong in the the check that you make, if you make that check and everybody lines up in that, then that's what they're going to play. And, you know, as long as everybody's on the same page, everybody can function properly. The the problem comes when, you know, one guy's doing one thing and and the other 10 are doing something totally different. That's when you really have problems in the defense to hold. And, you know, our big philosophy was, you know, we, we want to be able to control what we can control. That's us lining up and executing the play. You know, we, we always try to value on that other team is going to have to do something exactly right in order for them to beat us. We're not going to try to beat ourselves. And I imagine that that's probably their same mentality that they have now. Yeah, that's why, like everybody talks about a premium on experience. When you got a guy like Farad who's been here for like eight years, you know, they're going to trust that guy. They're going to trust him to make the call. And like you said, I mean, hey, if we if we make the wrong tip and everybody moves, if we're all on the same page, we may make a mistake, but we'll make the mistake together. And that's a lot smaller of a mistake. Right, exactly. So another thing I would ask is that, you know, again, we don't know the roster changes or whatnot. I'm sure you're a lot more tuned in. Is there somebody that's kind of like a sneaky gem on this team on defense that's going to get some PT that maybe a lot of people don't know their name? Mm, to be honest with you, I'm not too sure. I think the guys that they have, from my experience, you know, obviously with playing with those guys and being very close with them. I mean, I think everybody that they have in those positions, those positions at each at each position is is going to be is going to be good. And they, in those positions, they, they have them as much two to three deep, you know. And I think even the twos and the threes who's ever behind those guys are still going to be quality players that can actually play. I mean, a guy, you know, Cam Pledesco and Cam Sound and people of that nature, they were, you know, they played, they played well last year. And they were, and they were bouncing around from, from, you know, the different safety positions we have to play in a drop-down type guy or a single high safety. I mean, guys like that, they can be, is, you know, they play, they're very versatile in the positions that they can play. And both of the safety positions are very important for that way. If, you know, one guy goes down, that that guy can just step right up and you can replace him with another starter that's familiar with the position. And I mean, that that, that, that helps out the team and the whole defense as a whole a lot. Yeah, Jacques, you know, you, you mentioned Cam Solomon. You know, he was recently named. Mm-hmm to the William V. Campbell Award watch list. 
you know, I, I want to ask you how what what's Cam's what's Cam's ceiling? What's his potential? How good can he be for this program? I mean, Cam Cam's a tireless worker. I mean, he works day in and day out. I know he has a son. Obviously, I'm I'm sure that he wants to provide for his you know he wants to provide for his child and do everything he can. You know, to make his own kid proud as well, and I mean, Cam wants to be great. You know, who doesn't? Who doesn't want to play football and and be and be great and be good at what they do? I mean, obviously, I think with the playing time, the amount of PT time that Cam will get will determine obviously what his what his potential and what his feelings going to be. I mean, Cam has a lot of potential to be very very good, and Cam and Cam was well, and Cam played extremely well for us last year, and uh, I think. There was one game I remember because when he got ejected, you know, Cam played multiple positions and Cam got ejected and we had to kind of, you know, find find someone else to, to fill that role for us for that, for that game when Cam got ejected for targeting, I remember. But, uh, I mean, Cam is going to be a key uh, essential part of that defense this upcoming year. Another name that we, we hear a lot of, you know, especially this offseason is, is Tylen Humphrey. Um, you know, he, he, he's a guy that we haven't really seen hit the field yet for, for the Cajuns, but in you, you obviously spent time with him in the locker room last year and on the practice field. How good is Tylen Humphrey? Um, so I remember, I remember at practice one day, uh, coach Nate came up to me and actually was asking me, Man, I, I, you know, I wish that you'd have a little more time to play so you could let Taylor, you know, Taylor play in front of you. You know, basically telling me that he thinks Taylor is going to be a very good player, that Taylor is going to be able to take up a lot of blocks and, and you know, blow through the line, essentially making reads and things a lot easier for me. So I can only imagine that that's only going to continue with him. So, I mean, obviously, I'm, nobody's actually seen him you know, for us, we haven't seen him play. I haven't seen him play an actual real game scenario situation. But I can't imagine, I can't imagine anything being different when he straps on those pads and actually gets to play. I, I'd imagine he's going to be fun to watch. He seems like an exciting player. I can't wait to see the. I think he lost like 40 pounds in the offseason, something crazy like that. So you know the guy works hard. Right. But, right. uh, that, that wouldn't that surprise me. Yeah. I'm excited about the guy, but uh, but yeah, Jacques, I wanted to ask you about playing for Coach Roberts. I talk I talk a lot about Coach Roberts on this podcast because for a long time I felt like he was an unsung hero of last year. I, I absolutely love the guy. I spent a little bit of time around him, and the the few you know just moments that you get, he's just a genuine dude, and he knows his stuff. Uh, what was it like right. to play for Coach Roberts? And then also, what? Do, from a fan standpoint, we don't know much about Patrick Tony. Obviously, he's a good young coach, uh, but we've never seen him really take on this type of responsibility. Tell me why I should be extremely excited or looking forward to, or, or you have any amount of of uh, I don't know what the word is, but insight, insight, you know, whatever. Patrick Tony, I want to know more about Patrick Tony. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Right. Um, so first. Obviously, playing for Coach Roberts was, in my opinion, was a tremendous blessing. Um, I'm glad, obviously, when the coaching change happened that it did. And, you know, Coach Coach Roberts got to become my defensive coordinator. Who Coach Roberts also recruited me when he put, when he was the head coach at Southeastern, uh, you know, to be a part of them as well. But And it's just funny how the world works. And, you know, he came to, he came to UL and he became the defensive coordinator. 
and obviously I, I learned I learned a lot about the fundamentals of football and, and a lot about a lot about defense in general and, and defense from a much more uh, broader scope. I, I learned the X and O's from from those guys and from the people that they had on staff, including Coach Tony helped me as well with that. You know, those guys stressed to us, Coach Roberts included, they stressed, you know, being able to play the game mentally before you're able to play it physically. And to me, that really, I excel, you know, that helped me excel in football from obviously from a physical aspect because I knew what was going to happen, you know, sometimes before it even took place because those guys, they went over the playbooks with us and, you know, not only our plays, but teams that we were playing against, we watched a lot of film and we had a lot of film breakdown on those guys and knew a lot about tendencies and what they were doing. So we knew in certain formations they would run this type of play and, you know, in other formations they do this. And that was, and that was really had a lot to do with uh, Coach Roberts, but it also had a lot to do with a lot to do with Coach Tony as well. Coach Tony was somebody that was very close with Coach Roberts and, and really was groomed to, I think, to take over this role, but to take over this position. You know, if Coach Roberts would leave and go someplace else like he did. I don't think that it was ever within doubt that, oh, they were going to have to go look for a new defensive coordinator. I think they knew that they were going to pick Coach Tony the whole time because Coach Tony was somebody who was very deserving of the opportunity to be the defensive coordinator. Coach Tony put a lot of things for us. He was, he was always, you know, when we'd have certain meetings or when the safeties would talk, he would talk to the linebackers as well. He knew exactly what everybody on the defense the whole was doing the whole time. And that was something that, you know, Coach Tony stressed and always communicate with us that we know what's going on. And I, and personally, that's why I think that Coach Tony has a defense coordinator job. It's well deserved. You know, he earned it. Yeah. Yeah, Jacques, you know, there's no question about that. Um, Jacques Boudreau, our guest. And, you know, looking looking at the 2020 defense, whether it be the D-line, the linebackers, or the secondary, which position group makes the most impact defensively for the Cajuns this year? I mean, you know, I'd like to say it's going to be the linebackers, you know, because, you know, that's, that's what I played. And I know those guys on that side of the ball. I know everybody on the defense. I mean, I would just like to see it. I would like to see every every side of the, you know, every structure of the ball just hold their own and make plays when they have to. You know, if, if everybody's not, if not one position group's overcompensating for the other, and if everybody just works together, all 11 playing on the field as one unit, I mean, sky's the limit for the defense. Sky's the limit for, you know, for us, honestly. Cajuns to, uh, to do big this year. So you know, being being back home in Metairie, how much uh, how much Cajuns football are you going to be watching? You going to try to come to uh, come to a few home games? Uh, I hope I get the opportunity to, man. I really do. Uh, you know, obviously, since I'm a since I'm an alum and you know a former Raging Cajun football player, I would love to see you know those guys continue that and just and be better than what our what our previous uh what our previous class was. You know, I think that, you know, when you're when you're a former player, I think you always want to see growth in the program and I'm hoping that the program as a whole just has growth throughout you know, throughout its tenure. Jacques, you know, in, in your time as a Cajun, if you had to pinpoint your favorite memory in a Cajun's uniform, what would it be? 
my favorite memory in the Cajuns uniform. I don't know that this, this past um, this past ULM game we had. I remember standing on the sideline with Mike Jaquette. Me and Mike Jaquette were just kind of, you know, just kind of side to side. Just wow, man, we really just pulled it off. We really just won. You know, we just won. We just won ten games. Of, you know, first time in our you know in our conference in our team's history to do that. You know what I mean? It felt it felt really great, and obviously because the game was exhilarating, it came down to that missed field goal. I know y'all remember that. So I mean, it was just one of them things that you know those little moments you savor, you savor with your teammates, and just all the times you know me and my teammates had together. It was really just those personal relationships. Obviously, you know, playing football was awesome. You know, it was fun. That's what we wanted to do, and that's why we were there. But just to be around with those guys every day, and those guys were my family, you know, just to be around with those guys every single day, really, you know, they were my brothers. Those guys are my brothers forever, and I'll forever, I'll forever think of them in that way. I love how every time we ask that question to a player, that's the answer. The reflection, the personal relationships, and all that, the camaraderie. I love that. I mean, I mean, I never played ball at the D1 level, but playing Little League, you have those memories of just – you know, being with the guys. That was great, you know. But uh Right. What made you end that, up signing Go ahead, go ahead, Jock. I said that's just because it's a true answer. That's why everybody answers that. It's true. Because that's just how they because at the end of at the end of the day, you know, we we play for each other. You know, we play for we play for our families and we play for our and for the people in the locker room. And that's just another extension of our family, you know? Yeah. We are each other's family. Wouldn't you say that the most successful teams that you played on here were the most close-knit? Absolutely, 100%. There's no question about that. I mean, obviously, I've been through, you know, I've been through two head coaches, and I've been through various types of, you know, of groups. We've had, you know, everybody, every group, every group is different. Every year, something different is going to happen. That team's either going to be closer, hopefully closer, and not farther apart. But, you know, in the past, and that's why I think partially the coaching change was made because, you know, we were we were very – we weren't a close-knit group in, in our beginning of our years when I was there in 2016. You know, obviously people had connections with each other, but it wasn't just that family atmosphere, you know. And now right. it, it's much like this. Well, that's good to hear. Um, I'm just curious of uh, how did you end up in Lafayette, man? I, I know you had some options. You know, you made a comment about being recruited uh, by Ron over at uh, Southeastern, but you know, what right. made you end up I mean, signing as a Cajun man? It was just when I came, when they invited me to the camp over here, I I just immediately fell in love with the place. Um, I stepped in, in the, and this was before even Coach Nape got here. And I mean, I fell in love with how Coach Hood talked about the program and how good the program was going to, how good the program was, and how how good it was going to be going forward. Because obviously they had won three straight New Orleans Bulls, and you know I, I had never had a ring before. Obviously before this past year when we won the uh, when we won the bowl game in Mobile, but I had never felt that experience before. And that's something that I always wanted to feel was be was be a champion. That was one thing we missed out in when I was in high school was to get that championship ring. But like I said, I fell in love with the culture. I fell in love with the people there, and just. Like I said, the atmosphere of that place was just electric. And this was before the weight room and, you know, the whole new facility was built. They had toured me around in there, and it was just a bunch of walls, and they were just, 
you know, just telling me of what it could be. And I could literally just sit there and picture everything as they were talking about it. And I knew that that's when this was the place for me. This is where I want to go. No matter what happens, who, who offers me, I'm signing here. This is where I'm going. That's awesome. I love hearing stuff like that. Uh, you know, we, we kept you a while, so we're going to let you run, man. But I got one last question. I love to keep up with, with our players. I, I, I spend probably way too much time catching up with everybody and, and watching where they go and how they end up. Uh-huh. And uh, right. what, what's the future look like for you? I mean, obviously, you know, Corona kind of impacted and, and halted my pursuit of going to the to the NFL right now. Um, but after the draft, I had a couple teams contact me. I had the Chiefs, the Bears, and the Falcons, and they told me that I was a, a definite minicamp, a low-priority free agent, and that, you know, basically I just have to – I and I talked to them about a month ago, and they basically just told me that I have to stay ready, just keep working out and – doing what I'm doing right now until whenever that opportunity comes, I just got to come running and I got to be, I got to be about my business. You know, no matter how I get there, just when I get there, just be ready, be about it. And you know, that's what I'm stressing. That's what I'm stressing to myself. That's why I'm, I'm staying optimistic. And I'm just, just keep on working. And that's the only thing I can do. Eventually all this thing will just, it'll play itself out. You know, with whatever's meant to be is going to be, I'm just ready I'm ready for that next opportunity whenever it comes. That's great to hear, man. Do you have any idea like when they plan to contact you or if it's kinda of one of those sit and wait things or how's that working out? It's kinda of just one of the things I kinda of just gotta sit here and wait because everything with training camp and everything, because obviously training camp's almost over and they had the limitation with eighty people instead of ninety this year, so that took away some spots from some people, not you know, not just me but everybody in the pursuit of doing the same thing that was, you know, hoping to get an opportunity to play ball right now. But like I said, it's just one of them things. God forbid somebody, you know, God forbid somebody getting hurt and not able to perform. But, you know, just when those opportunities come a call and we just, everybody in this, that's in the same boat in the same position I'm in just has to be ready for whenever the opportunity is called just to make that mark. And hopefully somebody notices that and, you you know you get landed on the practice squad or you know make active roster or whatnot, but you know that's just kind of my my view on everything is just you know just stay working keep you know keep my head down just stay in my lane and just do what I have to do in order to get where I want to go. Good man. Well, look, I can't say how. Look, I'm a huge fan. Like I said, you're one of my all-time favorite players. Uh, you, you kind of embodied what I think football should be, and you did it right. So I appreciate that from a Cajun fan. Uh, it was just fun to watch you, man. And we're gonna look. We're gonna be watching. We're gonna be watching what ends up, you know, happening with you. I know you'll get the opportunity, and when you do, we're gonna be raising hell about it. Here's here, here's the only thing I ask. Um, when you sign, when you sign with an NFL team, come back. You need you need to mail. Three jerseys to Lafayette, Louisiana, with your last name on it. Yeah. Yeah, come on, man. Just give me. You got to give me the address. That's all. That's it. That's it. Love that. Appreciate yeah. you, five nine. Be safe. Be well. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll we'll see we'll you around the complex soon. Yes, sir. Thank you, man. Thanks, Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate you, brother. Later. Later. Jacques Boudreau, our guest here on Region Review. There he goes. God, I I love five nine. Love that guy. Love five nine. Always have. Uh, He's a football player. Yeah, 
No, in in the in the total epitome of the word, he is a football player. That was fun. All right, Cajun Nation, we're going to take one more quick break, and when we come back, we will break down the events around the complex of recent days. Bum, bum, bum. Um, sensitive subject for many people. We're not going to get political about it. Uh, we're just going to discuss what happened and what it could potentially mean for the program. Stay tuned. Rage and Review will be right back after this. Awardmaster, located at 3219 Johnston Street, is the only award shop licensed by Louisiana Athletics. In business in Lafayette for over 45 years, Awardmaster creates one-of-a-kind trophies, medals, and awards using a wide variety of materials, including resin, glass, wood, acrylic, and more. Owners Adam and Sarah Lopez are proud UL alumni, as well as Cajun Cooking Club members. Adam and Sarah can also help with your business promotional items. Rage and Review trust Awardmasters for all of their needs, and you will too. Awardmasters is so much more than just an award shop. Give Awardmasters a call today, 337-984-1414, or go to awardmaster.com. Awardmaster, the recognition and personalization experts. Schilling Distributing Company, Acadiana's top alcohol distributor for over 70 years, has been a proud supporter of Louisiana Athletics for many of those years. Now, they've kindly decided to become the exclusive distributing sponsor of the Rage and Review podcast. This is just another chapter in Schilling Distributing's rich history of giving back to the Lafayette community. Starting as an Anheuser-Busch exclusive distributor, they're now expanded to include local brews for your sipping pleasure. Schilling services over 1,500 local businesses throughout the Acadiana area, employing 160 Ragin' Cajun residents, and they boast over 1,400 years of combined experience. Corporately headquartered right here in Lafayette at 2901 Moss Street, Schilling Distributing encourages Cajun Nation to enjoy their beverages responsibly and reminds you to download the Liquid Finder app today. Cajun Nation, welcome back to the show. Rage and Review here live in the lab. Man About Town, Josh Jagno here with me. And, uh, you know, we have one more topic to discuss before we before we get out of here. And that is obviously, you know, the big topic of, of conversation. As you notice, the, the room got visibly quieter because we just turned off our only sense of... Whoa. Matt was playing that sexy buffer music. I forgot about the fan. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. What, what what would you say it is in here, Josh? About ninety degrees. Uh, maybe now. Yeah, but probably. it was about as hot as it was outside today. Yeah, it's uh, it's quite warm, fellas. When we tell you that the lab is an actual storage room, literally a storage room. There's no cap. Tell them the truth. Um. <laughs> And, uh, you know, again, like to thank our sponsors, Award Master, Priority Access, Urgent Care, Gulf Coast Bank, 
PSC Supply and Hardware Escape Reality Travel Agency Shilling Distributing <laughs> and that was cheesy I gotta get better at that that's it right I'm not <laughs> missing know. anybody no we've got so much other stuff going on and with the hurricane kind of threw things in, in limbo and I, think, I think that's everybody we gotta call people back and send emails and right, say yes right, or no but right. yeah I, so think, I think that's I think that yeah did, did you, ever think, on did you ever think we'd have to deny sponsors did you say priority I did. Okay, good. I did. I did not say primary. <laughs> I said priority. Again, would like to sincerely apologize. I know he's a listener. Love Mr. it. Mr. Ed Haney. For some reason at his grand opening, I kept saying primary access urgent care. And I know for a fact that that's damn wrong. It is priority. The best part. I don't know. I guess maybe priority <laughs> care. It just kind of went in my head. But I th- primary. Now you're saying it wrong backwards, which is great. We need it. We need priority. It's, it's the funny part is that we do the episode right, and we're sitting here and we're like, "Oh man, that, that actually went pretty well, you know, good deal." And then Catherine's on the way home from work and she's listening to the pod and she goes, uh, "The the the sponsor's name is Priority, not Primary." You said it like six times. <laughs> and like, as shit. always, Miss Man About shit. Town correcting us on our on our shortcomings, keeping us in line here here at Region Review. Uh, so Josh, you know, the Unity March. That took place on Friday, has Just definitely right in. has definitely been a fickle subject. Yeah, yeah. With within the fan base, uh, you know, Coach Napier led the the football team in a march from the facility down Cajun Dome Boulevard and down Johnson Street to the police department before making their way back to campus, um, and it was in honor of the anniversary of the March on Washington, Martin Luther King Jr.'s. Uh, walk during the civil rights movement. It's important. It's an important point because there's so much misinformation out there. Oh, of course. And but I mean that's that's with everything you know along along these lines. Um, yeah. And you know I, I want to tell you what. Do this. Uh, set the table and then pull up his his comments. I'm, we'll I'm read doing them. that right now. I'm going. I'm doing that as we speak. You know it's. I'm probably going to pause a few times throughout the course of this discussion because it's divisive. It is, all right? We, we all know that. Wait. Hold on. Can I just say something that I'm proud of that I just noticed on our Twitter? What? What? Don't Billy Napier follows us on Twitter. Get out of here. Is this new breaking news? I think it is. I don't remember seeing the follows you before. Billy Billy. Atta boy, Billy. Billy, friend of the pod, babe. That's great. All right. Go ahead. Say what you're saying. Well, you know. Well, you kind of distracted me here. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I have to re- recollect my thoughts. Regroup. Uh, it's divisive what's going on in this country, and it's very difficult because everybody wants to make it political, and this is an apolitical podcast, but we're still going to address the issue because fact of the matter is it involves our players, it involves our institution, it involves our athletics. And and I, we spoke about this maybe four, five, six hours over two or three days should we cover the march? Should we cover the Billy Napier comments? What? Uh, how do we? How do we approach this? And we met as a group, and we came to the conclusion that we would be sidestepping an issue that is too pertinent to our program, the program that we cover, to 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 ignore it. And uh, I'm I'm comfortable with the decision. I'm glad we made it, and I'm looking forward to getting into it honestly. So I'm going to scroll through Kevin Foote's article. From the Acadian Advocate, there are different quotes spread throughout. Sure. So, uh, sure. so Cajun Nation, bear with me. Um, 
it started, you know. It's important to to give context because, and then honestly, it, it, the the longer clip that they played gives you even more. Con- he was so emotional and so sincere, right, remorseful. You right. can see it on his face. So you Absolutely. know, we're kind of we're kind of robbing the audience of the full experience without the video. But you know, this is the best we can do in this. You know, with this format. Right. I I quote Kevin Foot, and I'm going to read the first few paragraphs of his article. On Friday, UL's football team marched in support of such principles as racial justice and equality on the 57th anniversary of Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech in Washington, D.C. That night, head coach Billy Napier said sleep didn't go as well as normal. Not because he disagreed with his team's march, he just objected to one aspect of the team-organized event. On Monday's bi-weekly Zoom meeting with the media, Napier re- expressed regret that the final stop on the march was near the offices of the Lafayette Police Department. There's probably been three or four, maybe even five times, I can count them on my hand, where I laid my head down at night and I felt that I failed my team. I think Friday, I felt we did something wrong. I thought we had a great unity walk. We got to a point in the walk where we headed in the direction where the police department was. I didn't anticipate our team doing that, and they didn't intend to stop at that police department. I've told them that, and I feel really strongly about this. In fact... Napier said he addressed this very fact in Saturday morning's team meeting. I think that we need change. I've oftentimes found myself angry and frustrated with some of the social injustices and individual acts. Indivi- he, he emphasized individual acts. And he's 100% correct. Of police brutality that continue across our country. We need change and we need to take action. We need to continue to talk, we need to strategize, and we need to push for equality. I also recognize and feel really strongly about that the large majority of police officers and law enforcement officials are unbelievable people. People that sacrifice each day to protect all of our communities. Napier said the team's march stopping for 15 or 20 minutes near the police department is by no means a reflection or view of the men and women in that department. I think it's wrong to rush to judgment and associate individual acts with a group of people. Some of the things we experienced while we were walking on campus people driving by yelling despicable things. There's evil and there's good. There's learned behavior and there's corrected behavior. I see that way on our team, on our staff. I see it that way in my family. I see it that way in law enforcement. And I see it that way in coaching. So clearly, you know, Napier's not against the Unity March. Clearly he's not. He let it. What he wishes he would have done differently is letting the players stop at the police department. I will point this out. Of course I will. Obviously, that's what people will say. But look, I'm going to say it anyway. The the marches that we have seen prior to the athletic march, Unity March, which was not a protest, by the way. We have to continue to say that. That is the route. The route is along that street up to the police station. So maybe... Yeah, and, and look, I don't know who organized, obviously. I'm just telling you with the ones that if you look at the papers, the videos, you look throughout media the last few years, even when they had some civil unrest a few years ago with Kaepernick and whatnot. Uh, I'm sorry, it wasn't Kaepernick. It was Alton Sterling. There were some, some rallies and protests and marches. That's exactly the same uh, route that they took. I don't know if that plays into what happened. I just think it's worth mentioning. Yeah, no, I mean there there's no no uh no doubt about that and you know like I said this we're not in any way a political podcast. We're not going to get into the politics of it. 
because that is just setting well. That's yourself, the problem that you're that, that's setting yourself up to be scrutinized and. There's not a better diversion from actual issues than making them political, because the moment they become political, you have to take one side or you have to take the other, and it takes away from the true issue at hand. And Matt, I'm gonna let you say your piece. Oh, I don't have a piece. No piece. Okay. Well, I, I don't. I don't think that there there needs to be a piece, because if I state my piece, it. Well, I, we talked about this this morning. You know, you can have an opinion without taking a stance, right? And you know, going back to our conversation is that you know we don't necessarily have to make this big proclamation of who we support and what we stand for by saying that when did it become divisive to support another man in exercising his right? Let, let me say this. I don't think that there was a damn thing wrong with what took place on Friday. I agree with you. I don't think there was a damn thing wrong. And the people that are saying it, no, no, let me not say that. The, the, yeah, yeah, stay away from that. See, that's where me, we have to be careful. Let me not say that. And here's the thing, man. On one hand, you can't be outraged that there was a unity march by student athletes who have lived a certain experience. And then when their coach comes out, supports them, supports the injustice that they're marching for, and, and really not even the injustice. It's the remembrance of a man that they all look up to, their parents looked up to. But he also tells you, and he's genuine, and he says... A mistake was made. You can't be outraged by that. Oh, but you can be, Josh, because it's 2020. It's 2020. My point Every, is, is that everything's if you an want, outrage. If you want a reasonable man to take you seriously, you can't be against both of them. And I know that Napier probably thought after the fact, how does this... And look, again, my own opinion... How does this affect my bosses? How does this affect the people that support us financially? How does this affect the, the law enforcement that we have supported and have always had an excellent relationship with in the regime, in the Billy Napier regime? He had to have thought those things, and I'm sure he got some feedback. The man is towing an impossible line, and I'm not saying that he's catering. I'm saying that he's, to he's towing a, an impossible line. I wouldn't want that job right now. You, you, it's it's difficult to relate with a certain segment of the of the players that he's recruited. It's difficult to relate with some of maybe the donors that we have. There's an ocean, there's a vast ocean between those two groups of people. There's a very complex relationship in college athletics. You know, and that's we're chasing a rabbit hole, but between the people who support and fund these gigantic programs, I mean even to even in, in Lafayette some of our donors have lived a completely different life, grew up in a completely different generation than our players. And if, if you stop and think about that for a moment, it's easier to reflect on what's going on. I don't think that that's unreasonable. I don't think that that's something that's divisive. I think that that's a perf perfectly, you know, that's a good conversation to have. I'll, I'll say this as well. You know, there, I don't remember which player it was. It was a player that I did not recognize held a sign during, right before they left on the walk. And it said, 
support us in this matter the same way that you support us on Saturdays. What's and unreasonable he, about and that? And he is 100% correct. If you are going to support these kids and pay admission prices and concession prices and whatever else to have these kids entertain you on a Saturday, because that's what it is. It's entertainment. No doubt. They're playing for a career, and they're entertaining you at the same time. If you support them in that, there is no reason. You don't have to agree. Nobody's telling you to agree. That's the problem. There's with, a with, there is a ginormous difference between agreeing with what they're saying and supporting them. You are supporting what they are. You are supporting their right as an American to speak how they feel. It doesn't matter if said. you agree. It's perfectly said. Doesn't matter. Nobody's saying that you have to. And I know that there's a lot of people that don't. It's okay. That is your First Amendment right to disagree. It is also their First Amendment right. Just say how they feel. That is exactly the. We have arrived somewhere in our society where, for so long, a certain segment of the population were able to say things like First Amendment this, First Amendment that, fine, fine, fine. But you can't tell the other side that doesn't necessarily agree with you how they are going to exercise their right. I'm going to say this, and this is going to piss some people off. The mark of a man is being able to have a conversation with somebody else, disagree wholeheartedly, and remain civil throughout the conversation. It's called respect. We lack respect. That is the mark of a true man, and I feel like, and and I, I apologize because it's my generation... I feel like that has been lost in 2020. I also, I'll add to that. The true measure of intelligence is being able to entertain an idea without accepting it as fact. Too many people are vilified for entertaining ideas. Too many people are vilified for entertaining ideas that would make other people uncomfortable. I don't want to make this a him versus she, a her versus, you know, it's not going to be a side-side thing here. We're just talking about right in that gray area where people get uncomfortable. Here, here, here's the word of the day. Listen. 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 Don't what? agree. You don't have to. Nobody's telling you to. But listen. Listen to them. Let them share their point. The Unity March was... Look, it was a remembrance to to Dr. King, but it was also just another chapter in the book of we want to be heard. We want to be heard. Absolutely. And here's another thing I want to share. You know, you you, you talk about the golden rule and, you know, all this stuff. It's a perfect, it perfectly applies right here. If you're sharing an opinion about whatever it may be, wouldn't you want them to stop and listen to what you're saying? Of course. So do the same for them. Of course you would. You do know, the same for them. Let them share their opinion and listen to them. Again, you can wholeheartedly disagree. That's okay. Listen to what they... Let them share their piece, and when they're done, you can walk away and be done with it. But you still have to let them share how they feel. No doubt. And, and you know, going back to the march and ending at the police station, me, you... 
everyone in my household. Uh, look, of course we respect the police. Of course we appreciate the police. We'd all be dead without them. L like you and many others, I have family friends that serve. Of course. My, my cousin's us a, a and, sheriff's deputy. Us and, and 325 million other people in this country. All have a family member that has served. Well, we appreciate the well, job. Right, we appreciate the civil service. Yeah. We understand that it is one of those jobs. It's a calling. It's something that not everybody's qualified for, you know, especially mentally. But, you know, you have to have training and you have to be able to have a certain amount of patience. And there's so much on the line. That is the conventional way of thinking about it. How many people? I shouldn't have to tell you every time that these issues come up. Oh, I, I respect the police officer. Right. I love police officers. I should. I shouldn't have to drive around town with a Blue Lives Matter sticker on my car. Well, or, even, or a back the blue, or you know, it's it's a it's a boot with a blue line through it. I see what you're saying. You're saying you shouldn't have to combat a flag for a flag. That's right. what you're trying to make the point, and that's fine. But what I'm saying is that. It should. It's. It goes without saying for a lot of us. And and when somebody, you know, there's been banter on the board. Obviously, that's what I'm referring to. But when somebody says, "Well, don't you support the police officers?" Well, of course I. Of course I do. That doesn't mean I can't support the players. The people that the people that don't support these guys the players, are the extreme one way or the other. The players aren't saying that they don't support police officers. Yeah, and that FTP sign was. Uh, yeah, this is phony. That yeah, that's that shit. It's made up. And, and never so happened. The reason why I even engaged in the topic was because there were so many things being said that was just patently I'll false. Say, I'll say this. If it happened, send me a picture. Well, it's been a week almost, and we've got no show evidence. Me, show me a picture where somebody is holding a sign that says FTP. So, Matt, let me ask you a question. When you go out and do a unity march with your coaching staff and you represent a town, right, and you get on the social media after the fact and you see people making up things to make your march look like it was some sort of nefarious act how does that how does that help the relationship not at all between the community it, how does that help the relationship between it. between the people the, these guys are marching for a reason and they turn around and get on social media and they see the comments or they see the people pass by in the vehicles and make the comments and stick the middle finger at them and, you know... Whatever. And try to vilify the guys. Right. How does no, that it help? No, it ruins it. It ruins it. It ruins it. But it's going on everywhere. Right. It's not just Lafayette. Right. That's the lesson here. We we take these issues that, we, that make us uncomfortable. I'm not perfect. I've probably done it in the past. No doubt. But we take these little issues. We want to think the worst without any evidence whatsoever. And then they become these big things, and it totally, it, it drowns out the actual problems, drowns out the issues. And that's what gets me, man. And, and I will say this, I'm not some, you know, I'm not some virtue signaling progressive liberal Antifa. It's such bullshit, man. They want to politicize every goddamn thing. What I am is someone who wants to find common ground. There is absolute, here's, here's a good analogy, okay? You can go through a pregnancy with a woman. You can be with her every single day. You can live with her, sleep in the same bed, nine months, go through childbirth, the whole deal. Okay? You will never possess the ability to relate to what she went through. Not at all. You can see it every day. You can be right next to it 24 hours a day. You will never be able to possess 
the ability to fully understand what that woman went through. Another another perfect example. I'll I'll give you a personal one. I don't like to talk about this with many people. I suffer from mental health issues. Okay? I have severe anxiety. Yeah. My girlfriend does a phenomenal job of making sure I'm sane on a daily basis. She does. She's great at it. However, it's it's exactly the same point. She will never under fully understand what it's like. Sure. In my head every day. But she empathizes with you, right? Of course. And the support That's the key. Empathy is the key. And the support continues to help you get through these days. Absolutely. And the the smallest amount that we can do is show support. And and you know what you do when you when your lady's had a baby and you you know what, fellas? You know what we do? We show empathy. We support because we have a common interest. We have a common interest. Why can't we have a common interest as a society? I know it's easy to turn on the news and see all this stuff and you go, oh, you know, that's a political that's a political weapon. And this is that. And we're under siege and yada, yada. Why don't we take care of home first? Why don't we take care of some relationship problems between the two communities and look i say they and we and us i say that not to differentiate what i do is i say it because i've n- i will never understand what it's like to grow up like some of the the people that are at some of these rallies that i've had a chance to meet and talk to and they say their side and i shut the hell up and listen and not wait to speak. And you know what? I'll never understand that. So and I'm not going to stand there like a phony, you know. Right. When I go to the rallies, I put my and, hands behind my and, back and, and I listen. And here's the other thing. And vice versa. They will never understand. That's right. The issues that we went through. That's that's right, man. And look, we, we have been privileged. People have totally distorted the word privilege. Okay. We have all experienced a certain amount of privilege, Matt. It's the truth. 100%. You know, if we'd had our third party here today, I would say the same thing. We have all had some moments in life where there was a privilege. There was, you know, there's a cup, there's something called a coupling phenomenon. Yep. And it is when, you know, uh, an opportunity meets you right in the right place at the right time on the right continent and the weather was perfect. And we have all experienced that. I would tell I'm telling you as a majority of the country and and there's a lot more that goes into that but we have had experiences because of whatever you want to call it uh prior opportunities a head start you know look dude in your if you're under the age of who 45 your is. yeah who your family is if you're under the age of 45 it is very likely that your parent saw hoses and dogs on African-American students going to school. Yeah. Think about what that does mentally to a generation and how they raise their children and how those children raise their children. Don't tell me you don't give them a quote-unquote pass. Right. This is a great country. It's a great country. We have amazing opportunities here. And look, I'm not saying that you shouldn't put work in, and I'm not saying there's not sacrifice involved. That's the conventional wisdom. I'm not talking about that. That goes without saying. I'm talking about the mental aspect of, you know, at one time in this country, the law was if you read, you die. You never had to experience that. Your parent never had to experience that. Your grandfather never had to experience that. It's not that far away, man. Right. And, and, I'm, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to say this quickly before I forget. You know, I want to go back to my point earlier, you know, the, the true mark of a man being respect. The other one, and... 
is is admitting when you messed up. No doubt. Billy Napier sat there on a Zoom call full of media members of all races. Yes. That that's one thing I will commend Lafayette on. Media in Lafayette is incredibly diverse. All races. He sat there at that at that Zoom call and said, I support and agree with what we did on Friday. However, stopping at the police department for 15 to 20 minutes was a mistake. I would have handled that differently in hindsight. How many people will admit that? None. How many people will very, say it publicly? Uh, I, I won't say none. I won't say none. Few. Very, very few. If you didn't come out of that interview, press conference, whatever, with more respect for the man, I, I don't understand. I don't know what to tell you. The guy, again, he has to toe a fine line. He's got young men. He has walked into living rooms across the country and said, Ma'am, sir, I'm going to take care of your son. I'm going to do what's in his best interest. And you know what he did last week? He did that. He did what was in their best interest. He let them be young men. He let them exercise their right to say what they want to say. And they did it peacefully. This is the problem. They did it peacefully. There's always a but. There's always a There's but. There's always man. a but. Well, if, a you, but. if they wouldn't do it in front of the national anthem, if they wouldn't do it here, and if they wouldn't do it here, and if they wouldn't do it like that, and if they wouldn't do it on campus, and okay, man, well, tell you what, you write the laws. Tell you what, let's ratify the Constitution. Let's just get rid of it. Yeah. Let's just get rid of the first. It's clearly, what everybody wants. So, so you know, what's what are we doing Let, here? Let's let's take your guns away because you know that's a hot button topic in South Louisiana. But anyways, well, we're getting political. We yeah, don't care. Let's get away from that. So. What I'm saying is that no man's going to tell me how to exercise my damn right. And I'll be damned if somebody else is going to do it to someone. That You can't do it like that. It's one for right. all. For, it's I, all I'm the not, same. I'm not going to tell somebody how to do what they want to do as well as they're not going to tell me how I'm going to do what I'm going to do. Right? Problem is, it's been, that's been how it has been. Listen, dude. I served this country. Okay? I'm not some fucking war hero. All right. But I serve the country because I believe in these things. I believe in being able to say what you need to say. It's healthy, man. These discussions and even to a point, some of these fights, they're good and healthy. It, it, there's no healthy marriage that's never had a fight. I'm going to tell you that right now. We, we need to have these. There's no healthy it's relationship of, that hasn't had a fight. It's part of progress. It's part of evolution. This is part of our existence. If you don't understand that, you stop and think. These young men come from all over the country. They have lived totally different um, experiences and, and, and experienced different uh, life moments than a lot of us who go to see them every, every Saturday. It doesn't matter if you agree. It doesn't matter if I agree. That's irrelevant. We shut the hell up, and we, and we, 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 we support them. Just like the sign said, we support them as if we would support them on Saturday. I don't understand why that's so divisive. I don't understand why that's such a hard ask. It's not. It's not a hard ask. Is it not right? Is it not human? No, I mean, it's, it's incredibly humane. But, you know, I, I, think, I think what it comes down to is that this world has, and I'm going to say this without getting too political, but this world has become soft. You or me. Well, I was going to say it's become you or me. Everybody well, that, that, that too. But, but it's also become incredibly soft. Every every little thing offends somebody. Like, these kids can say what they want to say. And look, 
If you don't want to pay attention to it, fine. Turn it off. Ignore it. Yeah. Change change the channel. Yeah. Drive off. Whatever it may be. Sticking the finger from... And I, I don't know if any of this is true, but this is just what's been said that happened. Well, the players posted the comments. Driving driving around sticking fingers... Yeah. Sticking middle fingers at these kids. Yeah. Posting comments on a news channel's Facebook Live. It's fucking despicable. I mean, that's what, what Whatever... Whatever... That's disgusting. Uh, grown men sticking the bird at young kids because they have a differing opinion. If you take away the political weaponization and you just say that out loud, it is, it's, it's so absurd. Yep. It's so absurd. And here's another thing that always happens around this part. I love Lafayette. I love Acadiana. I'm from here. I will ride for it forever. Love this place. Love the people. We have a terrible problem of wanting to control the situation. If we can't control the situation, then F you. Right. And we've got, you know, again, the rumors are starting to circulate. Donors are trying to bail. And, oh, man, look, there's no reason. Okay, guys, this is a plea from me to you. I'm not trying to tell you I'm better than you. I'm not trying to tell you I know any more than you do. All I'm saying is this. If you supported before the craziness... A march, a, a, a institution that's putting in some classes that every other college in the country is putting in. Those things shouldn't change your support. And this is why. We got into this as a, as a family, as a community, as a, as a culture. We got to get out of it that way. If you start pulling your funding and your support, it's going to cripple us, all of us. Who's going to come this, you know, where's your economic dollars going to come from tourism? You know, that's just one of many other economic impacts, first of all. So you business guys out there, think about that first. And I know some of them, and I'm sure they'll call me, and that's fine. I say what I think is right. I'll always do that. That's my promise to you guys. I'll always say what I think is right. But... If you start pulling money because you're upset about some kids on a march, it actually gives credence to why they're marching. Think about that. It, 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 you prove them right. You can't pull money because you don't agree with their opinion. I, I'm sorry. I had to say it, Matt. I, I mean... I think that needs to be said. Every single time somebody didn't like something, well, I'm taking my money. And that's fine. That's your right, sir, ma'am. That's your right. Corporation. Corporation. That's your right. And I understand it. Uh, we're beholden to a sponsor, so we understand that stuff. Uh, but at the same time, it's, it's... What good are you really doing? I mean, you're saving a couple of bucks. Sure. But what, what kind of a message does that send to the, the athlete? What kind of a message does that send to the coaching staff? Who's going to want to come here when, the, when our history if, is? If, if I was in one of their shoes, either coaching staff or players, you know how that would make me feel? They never truly supported us anyway. Sure, but how do, when this coaching staff is gone, how do you get a new one? How do you get, how do you get one that wants to pull the community together? Right. You know, one thing HUD did such a great job with, he pulled the community together. Mm -hmm. How the hell are you ever going to do that again? You start pulling money away because of an MLK march? Uh, I might buy, I, I probably am in the minority on this. And, you know, the thing about being in the minority is, you know, sometimes it feels like you're just totally wrong and you missed the boat. And, and 
but that's okay. I, I think, I think if more people stood up for what they thought was right, I think we'd be in a better place in this society. And I support our players, and I support Coach Billy Napier, and I support Rob Sell and Patrick Tony and everybody else. I, I support those guys. I think what they did took courage. Absolutely. It would have been a whole lot easier to just sit back and do nothing. I, I support those but you guys. Know, you know what else that would have made you look like? Coward? Yep. And I, I, I even more support Billy for coming out and saying what he said after the fact. Yep, that he made and a I mistake. guarantee you that he turned it into... A teachable moment with Absolutely. his players. Absolutely. I'm sure they had a... I mean, obviously the article said they had a meeting on Saturday. Sure. I wouldn't be surprised if they had a meeting as soon as they got back. I hope and they Billy, Billy immediately said, guys, I screwed up. You win or you learn, guys. You win There's no such thing as learn. losing. No such thing as losing. What kind of experience are those 150 athletes going to take from that, from Lafayette, Louisiana? And you, I guarantee you that the overwhelming support, or the overwhelming majority was support. Absolutely. And that's probably, but, but the problem is the comments and the fingers out the window and all this other stuff, that's what you remember. And that's unfortunate. It is. Because this community is better than that. It is. It 100% is. Um, yeah, you know, in, in closing, I'll say this, you know, I, like, like you said, I'm in full support of, of Billy Napier and, 100%. you know, the, the staff as well as the players. Now, I, I want to drive home this point. Like we said earlier, being in support doesn't mean we agree. It can or it can't. It, right. It, and it, that's the you, beauty you, of you, it. You can agree, right. but you, don't, you can support and disagree wholeheartedly. What's agreeing get you? It gets the guy next to you to like you? Right. Who gives a shit? Right. Thank you. My point. All right, Cajun Nation, you can follow us on social media at Rage and Review. You can visit RageandReviewPod.com. Brand new website coming soon. Guys, you know, I, I handmade the one that's up now, but just wait until you see this thing of beauty. That, that is Shout being, out Vaulted Security. That is being worked on by Vaulted Security and a bourgeois doing some phenomenal work for us and uh baddest gal in the market we we can't thank them enough um man about town anything else before we get out of here i think i've said too much i think you have to (laughs) (laughs) all right cajun nation stay tuned uh next week we will be joined by we before we go we want to thank jock woodrow for joining us uh great interview awesome great interview there we hope you enjoyed it next week i'm gonna go ahead and drop the spoiler now special teams preview with Former punter Daniel Cadona, owner of Cadona Chiropractic Clinic here in Lafayette, and Hunter Smoke Stover. Hit Hunter. This is going to be fun. Next week as well, we will also have a preview of week one. Iowa State in Ames, Saturday, September the 12th. We will break that game down and more. We're hooking up with our podcast, which has a pretty significant following, so that should be fun. Yeah, we're, we're totally excited about it. Uh, we hope you are too, and we hope you will tune in for that one. As always, go Cajuns, and we'll see you guys soon. Go Cajuns.